Saturday night and we're looking forward to being at Malone Stadium between uh, Army and ULM this weekend. Um, I can't do it. That sucks. But um, I understand that the uh, it was hot outside. Like, Lord knows it was hot outside. It wasn't. So I didn't expect anybody to tailgate. I don't blame you for not wanting to get out there. I was a little disappointed in the crowd. Again, I know the heat all day. Eight o'clock kick was late. I guess, BC, long-winded way of going. What's it going to take? Because it has been a while. That's why I'm bringing this up. To get a consistent 15,000 and over people inside the gym. Uh, it's a really good question. I, to, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going right, to take. It's going to take you changing your expectation, Sean. Okay. Now, and listen. I'll add to that. I, I think, and Beck and I talked about. The, I thought the crowd was pretty good. Now, my biggest issue, and as we've talked about it at nauseum, it's like the students they head out. Like, and I think I saw LaTeX Sports Central mention it on Twitter. He's like. The west side of the crowd late in that game, like they were involved. Yeah. But yep. there was no one on the visitor side. And like I don't like I don't get that. And I guess you could say what's gonna lead to it. I guess you could say more winning. Um But I know, think if this offense hits like I think it can I think that'll it bring will some people be out. The kind of offense that people want to go see. I agree with that. I think you gotta go on the road this week. Obviously you're a three touchdown favorite. I'm not saying you have to win the football game, but Play an exciting brand of football, come back, beat Northwestern State handily, and you might have a pretty good crowd for North Texas. But it's really, really tough to truly know what it's going to take to get to fans because, Sean, it's been so long. I mean, you got to go really back to probably the Southern Miss game in 19 that you had a decent yeah. crowd. I mean, it's been a long time. It's sad, but I, I agree. But listen, winning cures all ills, but we also saw kind of with Skip. Winning's yeah. one thing. Don't be boring. And, yeah. But that that was week one. It was, it, I'll be honest, if it wasn't one of our teams playing, um, I probably would have turned it off. Yeah. I sat through it, but I do think I did see enough flashes. Obviously, the defense is was immensely better, and I did see enough flashes offensively that they can have an offense that scores 30-something points a game. Yeah, I think so. And like you said, they moved the ball well between the 30s. They just had issues, you know, getting points once they got down there. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit that on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. It's like, you know, what can you chalk up to it being the first game of the season versus what can you chalk up to being an issue long term? And Joey Fresh says, to be fair, school wasn't That's even touching. Joey Fresh, you're right. But I wouldn't have made this statement if it was a one-time thing. No, I agree. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So, what's on uh, Bleach Tech Blue tonight? Yeah, I got a big show planned. Obviously, we'll recap the win over FIU, preview SMU with Billy Embody. I know you guys had him on the sports company yesterday. Uh, An SMU team that has some high expectations themselves with Preston Stone taking over at quarterback. And then... You know, we're going to get a, get to, you know, what are some of our takeaways from that Week Zero game? Uh, what are some of the positives? Obviously, the defense was really good. And what are some of the concerns going forward uh, as we get into the meat of this schedule? Because like we talked about, this, this Tech team, if they want to reach the, the levels that they want to reach, they really need to get out to a 3-1 and one start at least. Yeah, to me, and BC, I, I said this yesterday on the show, and I'll leave it up to you guys. I, I'm chalking this one up to a loss. I hope they prove me wrong. But... And I know Northwestern State, Lord knows we know what happened last time, but just be clicking offensively yeah. by the time North Texas comes to 
Tech. I agree, 100%. Coming up next, these are the experts when it comes to Louisiana Tech. It's Beck, it's BC, it's Taves, Bleed Tech Blue. Up next, four Taves for BC. Sean Fox will see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock for another edition of the Sports Company. This has been the Sports Company with Sean Fox, presented by Bud Light. Come back every weekday, 3 to 6 p.m. for more Sports Company on Sports Talk 977. As everybody knows, we're counting down to kickoff. Football is right around the corner, and this August, Marsala Beverage and Bud Light are bringing you the chance to win the ultimate backyard tailgate package. It includes everything you need to enjoy the game in your own backyard, including a 65-inch Samsung TV, a Blackstone griddle, a Big Green Egg grill, Bud Light Bluetooth speaker, a Bud Light refrigerator, Bud Light folding chairs, and cornhole boards. Over five thousand dollars in prizes when you visit your favorite retail account look for the program details scan the qr code for your chance to win and you can also go to sports talk 97.7's facebook page for your chance to register must be 21 to participate no purchase necessary winner will be selected september 1st courtesy of marsala beverage and bud light The 2023 football season offers the biggest year yet for your home for sports in North Louisiana. Sports Talk 97.7. Mondays at 7 o'clock, it's the Grambling Coaches Show, followed by Monday Night Football. On Tuesday at 6, it's Bleed Tech Blue back for another season. Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, it's the Cedar Creek Coaches Show. Thursdays at 11.30 a.m., it's the Louisiana Tech Coaches Show. Thursday night at 6, it's the Union Parish Coaches Show, followed at 6.30 by the Rustin Coaches Show. Thursday at 7 o'clock, it's the LSU coaches show on friday at five we'll get you ready for all the night's action with high school football game night brought to you by louisiana pain care followed by union parish football and the ken trahan original prep report statewide scoreboard show on saturdays at 8 a.m it's the nick brown show and that's followed at 10 a.m by another year of the high school football rewind three hours before lsu kicks off it's our local lsu pregame show tiger talk and sunday nights we've got your nfl primetime football only here on your home for sports in north louisiana Sports Talk 97.7. Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. It's time for the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Dairy Queen. Text us at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle. 
Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Of course, you can get us on the hotline or the text line, 888 If you'd like to sponsor that hotline or text line, just shoot us a text as well, 888 Louisiana Tech victorious in its season opener, 22-17 over FIU Saturday night. Dogs led for one minute, one second in that one, Beck, but it don't count how you start. matters how you finish. That's right. Week zero, so far, I'm a big fan. Big fan. You it like did it. feel early. Did Standing feel in early. the deck, I felt like, man, this feels a week early. It's a little hot. Not going to sit hot. here and lie to you. Got lots to talk about with the game. Uh, really, the, our first look at a uh, new quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer, Coach Cumbie. What do you I, think? Oh, I love him. I love him. Love Hurricane Hank. There's Harry a lot Hank. Of, we're gonna we're gonna start with why I love him. I All mean, right. we'll talk about it. I mean, but there's we're there's gonna several get to things. But we'll get to it. Coach Cumbie's second year. Uh, this is the year that you know we we give passes here on Bleed Tech. Blue Hold Radio. on a For sec. Your first year, we give passes. Hold on a sec. In our preseason preview, you picked Tech to beat FIU in Week Zero, and I believe at the end of your little snippet, you said Cumbie is back. Is yeah, he back? He's back. All right, I like it. He's back. It's a. It's to me the that that's a game we talked. We'll talk about it at length. That's a game you got to win. Yeah, he got it done in a fashion that a, we haven't honestly seen in a really long time. Uh, I believe it had been nineteen straight Tech had trailed in the half that they had lost. Game, that's a season and a half of of trailing football games and not winning. A season and a half, probably longer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was good to see Louisiana Tech come back in a game like that. It. To be honest with you, and like you said, we're going to get into some of it uh, more in just a few minutes. But, and I don't, you know, we were sitting together, but we didn't discuss this. Tech trailed that whole game, but I never really had the thought that crossed my mind that Tech was going to lose this game. Like, I, and listen, like I just said in the open, you only led for one minute, one second. But I also never felt like Tech was really going to lose. And, you know, you look at the statistics, Tech had 448 yards of offense. FIU had 182 yards well, of offense. Part Maybe of that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, especially after the first quarter, you saw they, FIU was doing nothing offensively. Trash. Nothing. And we were making our own mistakes. Scott Power, baby. We were making our own mistakes on offense was the reason why we weren't pointing up a bunch of points. So, if they would have, if FIU would have walked out of that with, with that game, that would have been a way more demoralizing. They would have stole that. It had been one of the most demoralizing losses. I would agree. I would agree. All right, let's get into a couple of news and notes before we get into breaking down Tech's win over FIU twenty two seventeen. Of course, you can get his hotline or text line triple eight nine nine three seven seven six two. Today was cut day in the NFL. Wasn't a great day for our pro dogs. Trent Taylor was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course. I would imagine he ends up getting picked up somewhere. I believe he is second in the NFL, uh, 14 and a half yards per punt return yeah, last gonna, year. That, that's really what's going to keep him in the league. Yeah. He's got, got good experience I would there. think so. Jellybean Ellis was cut by the Falcons. Elijah Hamilton cut by the Packers. Jeff Driscoll cut by the Cardinals. I believe he's been dealing with an injury. Uh, Griffin Bear was cut by the Seahawks. And Miles Brooks was cut by the Cowboys. So, mm. Uh, you look at Bulldogs that are on a 53-man roster. You got Milton Williams in Boston, Scott up in Philly. Mm. You got Legereus Sneed in Kansas City. 
making a name for himself. You got a Meek Robertson holding on by the hair of his chinny chin chin. You think in he's Vegas. buried on the depth chart? Do you? Like you know how this goes. Like every time I search a Meek Robertson on Twitter, somebody's I, mad at him all the time. And like I don't kid it. Like I love him. But then he'll have a, he'll have a couple big plays. You're yes. like, well, Dad Gummin, I guess you got we got to keep you on the team. It bothers me so much. Uh, and then finally, Xavier Woods makes the 53 man roster in Carolina. So five pro dogs currently own 53 man man rosters. A uh, number of Bulldogs cut today. Hope to see some of those guys bounce back. Uh, all right, Miles Brooks. Yeah, probably practice squad guy in Dallas. But you think he stays? You think we? You think we should have him on the radio and tell him you should have stayed? Yeah, I think he made the wrong decision. Oh man, I was sad to see him go. Maybe, he's, man. Hey, but hey, that right. take secondary only allowed four yards. Hard right. to say they missed him. His uh, his island boy, Willie Roberts, made a big play early to start the game. Yeah, that's big. I mean, play. quickly gave it up on the run game though. You know, next play, but. Made right. him a play. All right. Um, all right. Louisiana Tech had their weekly press conference, as they do each and every Tuesday afternoon. Sonny Cumbie spoke to the media. Uh, talked a lot about, you know, some of the character, some of the resolve, resiliency that this team showed. And we, we talked a little bit about it on the postgame show. Don't know if you were up with this, but we were on the air from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. on Saturday, breaking down the victory over FIU. Beyond everything else, the program as a whole needed a game like this in the worst way. And I think it's going to do a tremendous amount for the confidence of this football team and those 100-plus guys in that locker room to win a game in this manner. Yeah, we, I agree. I, don't, I think it's invaluable the, to, to win – uh, to, to just to come back first of all to yep. uh, like you, I think if if we felt like Tech was never out of that game, I feel like the sideline definitely felt that. Had so many different guys that step up, plays. they yes. plays, and and yeah, we made a few mistakes, and we you know you had the missed field goals, um, but I, what I saw from from Hank, which I'm just gonna take one little moment to just acknowledge this. All right, let's hear. It. Every year we we hear about captains, and and most of the time. We hear about it the week or two before. To my knowledge, we didn't have confirmation. Correct. No, you're absolutely leaning right. up against the DAC on the field. Me and see BC come out of that tunnel before pregame, and four dudes come jogging out of that tunnel, and one of them is Hank. Oh man, been waiting for years. Your eyes lit years up. for a quarterback to be a captain on this team. Been since 2016. If Ben's been wrong about anything, it's that that didn't matter that much when Jamar wasn't a captain, and I think it mattered a whole lot. Agree. So props to Hank. From I watched him on the sideline closely during the tough moments of the game, during the mistakes, and he's up. He's talking to guys. I loved it. He's a veteran leader. That's what he is. Like You can sit here and you can talk about the arm strength, the accuracy, the ability to stand in the pocket and take a shot. It's all off the field for me. It's all the stuff when the ball's not in play that week one we saw Hank Bachmeyer show up. After the interception, early in the game, He was there is no doubt in my mind that he was rattled early. He started two out of six with an interception. Cumbie said it last week. He hadn't played since last October. He was trying to pump the brakes a little bit on the hype. I get it. We talked about it. He throws the interception. Who makes the tackle? None other than Hank Bachmeyer. Like, you kidding me? Unbelievable. 
And, like, if you don't think Sonny Cumbie flipped on that film and showed it to his team on Sunday night, you're wrong. Like, because that's the type of just small little things that you have to have out of your quarter. He doesn't have to make that tackle. Beck, if we lose Hank Bachmeyer, we win three games this year. But he put his body on the line. I guarantee you it earns a lot of respect in that locker room. I spoke to a player this week. I'm not going to name names, okay? This particular player may have missed two field goals, all right? Okay? And I said, how, how do you, what do you think of Hank? He said, I love the guy. After the game, he comes up to me and he says, keep your head up. I got your back. We got your back. Like, you kidding Are you me? Ki- I got chills. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like, it's off the field. It's a player that probably wasn't feeling great about his performance. Beck, how much do we know about field goals? Not a whole lot. We know the ball goes through the uprights or it doesn't. We don't know anything about the process that makes it happen. But your quarterback walks over to a guy who's also a fifth-year senior. He's also made or connects on field goals at the highest percentage in tech history. Says, I got your back. We got your back. Like, you kidding me? That's leadership. And I think we used to argue about, you used to tell me, that's what he should be doing. That's what he should, like, we shouldn't have to even comment because that's what he does. Ben, you go six years without it and you kind of miss it. And then you spend a few minutes in the first segment of the show talking about it. Right. All right, Joey Fresh. We're going to get more to Hank a little bit later. Joey Fresh says, enough on Hanky slants. By the way, Joey Fresh's nickname for Hank, you can run with it if you want to. He was dang good. Love what I saw. But Smoke Harris went legend. Talk up my guy. Sonny Cumbie talked about Smoke Harris a lot this afternoon. But Hank, or excuse me, Smoke Harris, that's as good as I've ever seen him in a tech uniform. I agree. I don't know what it was. It was electricity. It was that 64-yard pitch and catch. Like, I've never seen speed like that from Smoke Harris. And how about this? He goes 11 catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Conference USA Player of the Week. What only half the league was playing, but 129 of the 155 yards came after the catch. That's he's, who Smoke he's Harris is. He's a fast is. little guy, and just shout out to, he is. to the mobile drip bar on the sideline. Got a little IV. I mean, we'll take it. We'll take it. Okay, he bounced back big way. What I've always said about Smoke, and, and I'm not just—I love Smoke. Glad he's on the team. Yep. I've been critical of the guy. I think he makes incredible plays. Last couple years, about one play a game, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, yeah, you know, yeah one yeah. of those. But, hey, I saw a different smoke first game. Played well. Played well. Got to keep smoke healthy. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the what's the difference? I mean, is it the feel of the team? Is it belief? I mean, what is it? This We have talked for so long about how we felt like the team was not mentally tough. Like, could not overcome adversity. Showed that Couldn't toughness. get off the bus. Couldn't start fast. Couldn't maintain, couldn't believe, couldn't finish, whatever you want to talk about. That's not what we saw on Saturday night. No. No. And, and, like and I, say, I think we did talk Hank up a bunch. And I think you and I maybe expected some deep balls, maybe expected well, 500, 600 yards passing. I don't know what we expected. We didn't see that. So I had a, a couple people that were disappointed. Listen, Joey from Little Rock chimes in. The 2021 and 2022 Tech teams would have lost an ugly game like the FIU game on Saturday. I would agree. Uh, Hangman Matt in Pineville says Saints need to go grab Trent Taylor. Also, I give Hank Bachmeyer a solid B-plus grade in the win over FIU. Uh, Reggie, 
Hank just feels like the guy we needed as a leader for the past couple years at quarterback. Shout out to the D-line for getting pressure on the quarterback for FIU when needed. I kind of jokingly said Scott Power earlier. Back when that third play of the game went 67 yards to the house, you and I looked at each other and like, oh boy, here we go. After a punt by Tech on offense, I think the defense gave up, I want to say it was like a 56-yard drive, but 30 yards were aided by a personal foul on the FIU sideline and a pass interference in the end zone. So basically gave FIU their second touchdown. It was a quick 14-0 lead. From that point on, you'd have to go a long way back to find a Tech defense that dominated a football. I think you got to go back to 9 since Tech's had a, held a team to 182 total yards. That The whole unit, I, I'm talking D-line, linebackers, secondary, you deserve a lot of – you deserve a game ball. I'll say this. Defense showing up like they, did the, like they did the last three quarters, not on my bingo card, okay? What on the bingo card? Unbelievable. Shout out to the defense 100%. Adjustments B-I-N-G-O, being made. B-I-N-G-O, Beck has found the defense. I'm Not just an adjustment made, but, but an absolute statement. And here's the deal. Grayson James had the had the quarterback for FIU had the game of his life against us last year. So I think there's a lot of fans that maybe had some expectations that he's a pretty good little quarterback. I'm gonna be honest with you, he's not. He's not. Not on that Saturday night. Their last drive, we had a minute to go for them to win the game. There wasn't one ounce of me that thought they were gonna do that. I said he's gotta throw the ball. And all those throws kind of looked like Taves was out there trying to trying to make a connection. Crowd noise forced a false start. Gotta love it. Let's go ahead and take our first time out. We come back. We'll continue breaking down the win over FIU at 630. Bill Embody talking SMU. Bulldogs travel to Dallas to take on the Mustangs Saturday morning at 11 a.m. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Sports Talk 97.7. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're a part of a team. This is Anna Robertson with the Lady Texters. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LNB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Oh, courtesy, a great place to buy a car. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands plus pre-owns. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, Ruston. Hey, DQ fans, the leaves are changing, and that only means one thing. The new fall blizzard treat menu's here. Dip it into the season with returning favorites like Snickerdoodle Cookie Dough, Pumpkin Pie, Oreo Hot Cocoa, Caramel Fudge Cheesecake, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Pie, and the Choco Dipped Strawberry. Or get your marshmallow on with the new Royal Reese's Flutter Nutter. That's seven crave-worthy treats, and they're only at participating DQ locations. We're happy it tastes good. How about them dogs? Head coach Sonny Cumbie and company play six home games at the Joe this season, starting with a week zero matchup against FIU on August 26th. Season tickets are on sale now. 
Don't miss the high-flying action in Ruston. Call 318-257-3631 or go to latexsports.com backslash tickets today. Bark away, Bulldog fans. It's almost go time at the Joe. Want to find stuff out about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. We're back. PC, Beck Hayes, Josh Tabor, Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Appreciate all the texts coming in. 888-993-7762. Joey Fresh says, don't sleep on Cyrus Allen. Fourth down. Game on the line. He came up clutch. I see a big jump from number one in 2023. Joey, I'm glad you brought up Cyrus. I was, I still have hope for him. Certainly not down on him. But one of the... He left a little to be desired out there. He did come up big, but I just well, it, we walked away from that game going, man, we better find some other playmakers other than. Well, Smoke. here's the thing. Here's the thing. You talked earlier about you and your little buddies, your little friends, talking about how Hank didn't throw for 500 yards. Yeah. I thought FIU came in with a game plan. They were going to sit two safeties 15 yards off the ball, and they were going to say, Hank Bachmeyer, this is your 30th career start. You're at a new stop. You want to impress anybody? Everybody. Can you be disciplined enough to take five- and six-yard throws every night? I thought Hank did that. He made one bad throw for the interception in the first quarter. Otherwise, I thought he was near flawless. 34-44, 333 yards. That's a 77% completion rate for those keeping score at home. Had the one touchdown throw to Smoke Harris. Back, go back to 2019 when Bob Diaco ran that 3-4 defense. He sat down with, you know, he'd rush three, sit back eight. It's incredibly difficult to execute 12 to 14 play drives at the oh collegiate level. And I think that's a lot of what went into some of Tech's perceived struggles. You put up 448 yards, you only score 22 points. It's because you couldn't execute when you got down to the 30-yard line into the red area. But, uh, and we'll talk about it later, I wonder if some of that has to do with it's the first game of the season, it's a new quarterback, working with new skill guys, you know, how is that going to, you know, that's going to evolve and continue to progress throughout yeah, the year. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, honestly, really not a bad deal. for no. Not a bad philosophy for FIU to, to do that. Absolutely. And, and I think that shows a little bit of growth for this Tech team and Cumbie to be able to say, fine, that's what they're going to give us. We'll just we'll take, take it. it. Yeah. Let's go to the hotline. We're joined by Quint. Quint, what you got for us on this Tuesday night? Hey, guys. Uh, ben, you were just on the show with Fox, and y'all made the comment that, uh, you couldn't quite understand why some of the students and stuff left at uh, at a halftime. Correct. Well, I almost drove off the road when you said that because I was about five seconds away from turning my TV off because I was still believing we were in the Skill Pulse era and believing this was a nightmare scenario that wasn't ever going to change. I mean, I'm glad I didn't because I've never been more glad to call Coach Cumbie my coach now. But, I mean, that was setting up to be a disaster of a game. And for the casual football fan, I don't blame them for leaving. I mean, Tech in the first half didn't give them anything to, to save the game for. Well, I, I think that's a fair there. point. And I think I think if we're being honest with ourselves, I think Tech came out a little flat. I, I do think, and I don't know if this would be chalked up as an excuse, but when you're down to your fourth, fifth, and sixth running back, I think that Cumbie got to the point where he was like, all right, my defense is dominating this football team. How do I get in positions – while trying to make them respect the run, while at the same time, I don't know if I necessarily trust my running backs in pass pro 
you know, you, you try to find that happy medium as far as how you're moving the football. But I would agree with you. It wasn't the cleanest game to watch. And at the same time, there was like 77 TV timeouts throughout the game. Oh, awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – somebody else made that comment. I, I mean, I knew the game starting at 8 that it was going to be late. But I think previous to the game starting, you had picked with Sean or somebody, maybe Puffy, about that the pre- post game wouldn't be on until 12 o'clock or later. Yeah. And we were all like, oh, no, there's no way it's going to last that long. Well, it did. And, I mean, I have to admit, I I was struggling toward the end of that game uh, to really stay awake <laughs> and stay really in tune to the game. So, yeah, I mean, we've definitely got to do something about these times. I mean, if Major League Baseball can fix it, college football can fix it. I agree. Appreciate it, Quinn. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks, guys. You know, back, back to your point about FIU defensively and, and how they played 15, 20 yards off the ball. You talk about needing Cyrus Allen. Yes, you want to push the ball vertically. At the same time, if Tech's going to get to a point where defenses are going to have to walk safeties down to give you opportunities to push vertically, somebody on the other outside, Kyle Maxwell, True Edwards, Dakotas Crawford, if Julian Lewis gets in on that side, whoever it is, you have to make a defensive coordinator respect you. Because if they don't, they're not going to quit shading everything to Cyrus Allen's side. And he's going to have a hard time taking the top off of defense. You're right. Listen, I... (laughs) But having the film of, of Hank putting together those drives, I agree. Taking that, like, that's going to change a little bit of game plan, too. Now, it's not lost on us either that we're down to our sixth, seventh, eighth string running back right now, okay? Maybe 10th. Maybe t- if they don't come back, if they're not, don't get healthy or whatever, there's g- you're going to see much the same game plan. Well, and to, I think, too, but to the running back point, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I saw some concerns about the offensive line. Here's why I don't have a concern. I think Hank dropped back to throw like 45, 46 dropbacks. He was sacked twice. Pretty good for the first game of the year. Oh, yeah, by the way, your right tackle, Carson Bruno, was playing with a broken right hand, and he hadn't practiced in 14 days. Secondly, when Travis Thornton was in there, it was eight carries for 51 yards. I think Tech was about to go for 200 on the ground. Yeah, it looked good. So when you got to Keith Willis, when you got to Keldrick Moody, like you're going inevitably when you get to your fourth, fifth running back, nothing against those guys. Like they were getting their feet wet in their first extended well, game. There's match. a reason they're fourth and fifth string. Yeah, and you're not, gonna not have a drop string. off. Yeah, you're gonna have a drop off. Jacob Fields, he gets two touches on the night. His first one's a twenty yard catch on the final drive. His second touch, he went to Pater. He's got some extra dude. I think you're gonna see him play a bigger role at running back. A guy that was playing safety twelve days before the game started. Matt from Pineville says, I feel like we could, they could have thrown to Silas some more. Also, kudos to our true freshman running back stepping up, just like you said, Ben, absolutely. Uh, that's what I loved about Saturday night, this team just stepping up. Yep. All right? We got Will of the People on the line. Uh, one of our favorite callers. Let's go right to that hotline. Will of the People, what you got for us tonight, sir? BC, Beck, um, a couple things that uh, – we really had questions about or, or, or concerns about at the end of last season. And um, something that I uh, I sent over to you, a, a thread on your message board of us discussing this at the end of last season was our nutrition program and the fact that we had guys last season, you know, trying to drop weight during the season. Yeah. And, you know, we would see what we would look like as a football team as we um, as we came back this year. And you know, would we, you know, would we look different? Would we look the part? 
and clearly we do. I mean, the our strength and conditioning program, our nutrition program, um, we don't have anybody out of shape, yeah. and that was uh, that was that really played a part Saturday night after the game on the uh, on the uh, the west side of the deck where the you know family members meet the team. There were there were starters who were coming out in their uniforms to meet family members who literally looked like they could have played another game. Yeah. In completely fresh, I was I was kind of shocked when I saw that. And if you went around to the other side, the uh, FIU's equipment truck was parked in front of the uh, in front of the old field house, and they had guys sprawled out on the grass who looked like they'd been through a war. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't have that at all. We had guys who were who were in shape, who looked the part, uh, and who who were able to get through the game without a problem. You know, for the most part, I mean, smoke cramped up a little bit. Yeah. We had one other player cramp up, but other than that, we didn't uh, we didn't have those issues. The other thing is sort of an off the another off the field thing was, uh, and I it just coincidence. I had the um, uh, was staying where the team was staying. I, I I got a hotel room, and the team happened to be staying there this year, and so was around some of those guys and their families on Friday night, and then again on Saturday morning. And BC, it was all. You know, just going up to those guys and wishing them luck. It was all yes, sir, no, sir, good to meet you, sir. Uh, players coming up to me and you know asking, hey, you know, are you a graduate? And, and you know, what was the team like when you were in school? You know, just in, engaging and and, um, and like I said, it was all yes, sir, no, sir. It, clearly, some of the things Coach Cumbie talked about when he was hired, yep. when uh, some of the things that happened last season, they clearly have taken on. You know his personality and in the culture he's trying to instill. Uh, you ran into family members. Or I, you know, just running into family members uh, in the hotel who were unbelievably relieved. To you know, in some cases, some of those family members haven't been around their sons. You know, since the spring. Um, you know, three, four, five, six months they haven't been around their you know their, their son. So they had the opportunity to ask. Uh, or have conversations, you know, what is Rustin like? What's tech like? What's, you know, what's the athletic department like? The administration like? The, you know, people you've been around, the coaching staff. And you had parents who, I, I, the relief is, relief is probably the best word to say in that, you know, as a parent, you're, you're hoping against hope. Is my son in the right position? Is he in a good situation from an off the field standpoint? And, and, you know, you, you had so much, I, I was able to hear so much positive feedback from that standpoint that whether their son plays or not or is successful on the field or not, that off the field with this coaching staff, the administration, the athletic department, the school, they're in a, they're in a good situation. Yeah. And, and it was to see some parents, you know, almost, you know, almost shedding tears. You know, they're so happy that, that they're in this position. And I just, I really, when Dr. Wood went around during the summer at these summer tour stops saying that he thought he had coaches of each of his programs, even though we didn't have a lot of success last year, that, you know, these were the coaches to lead us out of that. And clearly the staff is, uh, you know, we may be deficient at talent in, in some positions, but clearly they're headed in the right direction. I don't know how much success we're going to have on the field, but... But, um, but like I said, the right direction. The other thing, just to close out and get out of here, when Fox said earlier on his show that you know was the attendance wasn't what he you know thought it would be, mm-hmm. you didn't see on TV that the West Side stands or the press box 
side, the entire lower level of the press box side was packed. Yeah, there was a legit, a legit fourteen fifteen in the stands. Whereas the you know the visitor side, um, you know the students still aren't in school. So on it from a television standpoint, you don't see that that the press box side uh, is actually actually had a lot more people than we thought. But um, but I'll get out of here. I'm relieved about the win and uh, looking forward to Saturday morning. No doubt. Appreciate it, Will. Thanks, Great guys. Great stuff. Yeah, and, and I think Will makes a great point. Like, Sonny Comby, you, like you said, don't know how many games we'll win this year. He runs a great program. Yeah, and just to his point. Great about, kids. Just his point about not being tired. Uh, we huge. noticed that, too. But also, I just I think that plays big time into – we just didn't have that many penalties. Not yeah. lack of mistakes. It was a clean like, game. Cleaner game than we've ever seen in the past two years. Joey Fresh says, Will the people always delivers Mount Rushmore of callers. That's big praise coming from Joey Fresh. I praise from Joey Fresh. Go ahead, Terry. Next time out we come back, Phil Embody will join us talking SMU. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. Every day is game day at the dugout in Ruston. Warm up with our bases loaded nachos and fried pickles. Make the call to the bullpen for that home run chili cheeseburger combo. And our chicken wings and chicken strips, well, they'll make you feel like an all-star. And you have to try our new Texas tacos. Plus, the dugout has the best frozen daiquiris in town. That's the dugout 2008 Champions Way in Ruston at the Ruston Sports Complex. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're part of a team. This is Smoke Harris with the Bulldog. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LMB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. The 2023 football season offers the biggest year yet for your home for sports in North Louisiana. Sports Talk 97.7. Mondays at 7 o'clock, it's the Grambling Coaches Show, followed by Monday Night Football. On Tuesday at 6, it's Bleed Tech Blue back for another season. Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, it's the Cedar Creek Coaches Show. Thursdays at 11.30 a.m., it's the Louisiana Tech Coaches Show. Thursday night at 6, it's the Union Parish Coaches Show, followed at 6.30 by the Rustin Coaches Show. Thursday at 7 o'clock, it's the LSU coaches show on friday at five we'll get you ready for all the night's action with high school football game night brought to you by louisiana pain care followed by union parish football and the ken trahan original prep report statewide scoreboard show on saturdays at 8 a.m it's the nick brown show and that's followed at 10 a.m by another year of the high school football rewind three hours before lsu kicks off it's our local lsu pregame show tiger talk and sunday nights we've got your nfl primetime football only here on your home for sports in north louisiana sports talk 97.7 you gotta love it tech sports that is that's why there's bleed tech blue radio brought to you by louisiana national bank call or text the show at 888-993-7762 bleed tech blue radio bc becky's john Tabor, sports talk 97.7 to help us preview the matchup with smu on saturday morning billy embody billy thanks for taking some time to join us tonight Anytime, guys. How are you? We are doing well. So let's jump right into things. Obviously, SMU goes 7-6 and six a season ago uh, under first-year head coach Rhett Lashley. 
Uh, I guess overall, what what were the thought your thoughts on how Coach Lashley did in his first year as head coach, and how, how do they transition into year two? Yeah, I think year one was a, a learning experience on multiple sides. Uh, you have a SMU team that, when Rhett Lashley got there, they had to buckle down and, and keep a lot of that roster intact because Sonny Dykes was, you know, going right across, uh, you know, DFW to Fort Worth to coach TCU, and a lot of those players, you know, make no bones about it. They had opportunities to go to TCU, and there was a lot of talk that. SMU needed to circle the wagons and figure out the whole NIL thing, and they did that. And so they were able to keep a lot of that roster intact. And that was a large piece of the first two weeks that Rhett Lashley was on the job, and it even stretched into the spring a little bit on some of the other players. But once they got the roster settled, he was able to kind of start putting his fingerprints all over that that team in terms of the culture that he wanted. And a lot of it was built on you know being pretty real. And, you know, being somebody that, you know, recognizes that these guys have, you know, bigger goals, a lot of talk about, you know, NFL aspirations and things like that. And I think once they realized that they were going to be given the tools to succeed, they were able to at least hone in on that goal and settle in. And, you know, last year they played TCU, they played Maryland, they had a tough non-conference slate, and they opened with, is some really tough conference opponents, UCF and Cincinnati. But, you know, when the dust settled, they finished the season 5-2 uh, f- uh, and two over the last seven games. And a, la- a lot of that was because this is a team that bought into what they were selling. And they were also really in good shape. And I think that was a difference from years past. And, you know, I think Rhett Lashley and his staff figured out the run game and what they wanted out of that. And once that started to click, they were able to get rolling offensively a little bit more consistently, and they won some games. So it's no secret you guys got a busload of transfers. How different is this team going to look this year over last year? Yeah, it'll look pretty different, especially defensively. Um, just looking up and down the the lineup, you, you have three new starters in the secondary um, alone, and then at linebacker you're going to have two new starters. On the defensive line you're going to have probably two of the four Um, in terms of guys that are truly starters, maybe even three, but probably two, um, be new starters on the defensive line. And and what they've done is they've been able to address depth and talent, which is important. In the past, SMU's kind of addressed depth. This year they really went out and got multiple guys at the cornerback position that they feel good about. Um, They got Jonathan McGill at safety from Stanford, who was the captain there, and he's going to step in and start right away over a sophomore who really might as well be a co-starter there with the way he played at the end of last season. And then on the defensive line, they just didn't settle. They got two Miami transfers and Jordan Miller and Elijah Roberts who will start for them. But then they went out and got North Texas's best young player on their overall roster in Cam Robertson on the edge. And they're pairing him with Nelson Paul, who's a veteran uh, edge rusher off that side. And then they went and got Oklahoma defensive line transfer Corey Roberson uh, to add some depth, a guy that Calvin Thibodeau, the defensive line coach, is familiar with. So SMU really addressed the defensive side of the ball in a big way. On offense, they're a little bit more seasoned in terms of who they return, but they also revamped their backfield by adding Jalen Knighton from Miami and L.J. Johnson from Texas A&M, who's a former top 100 prospect. At receiver, they brought in a, a 
you know few a few guys who are going to factor into that spot, and and I think the cream is going to rise to the top when it comes to who ends up starting at those those positions. But it's just night and day in terms of the overall depth and talent that they have. If somebody goes down this year, it's not as big of a worry in a sense. It's, it'll just be kind of a hit to the depth overall. So let's talk a little bit about one of those positions that they didn't have to go to the transfer portal. The, the quarterback position, obviously Tanner Mordecai does transfer out, heads to Wisconsin. Preston Stone signed back in 2021. Uh, he's a Dallas native. He's got all the accolades coming out of high school. He's been patient, uh, sat behind Mordecai for a couple of years, but now it's his turn to take over this offense, and he brings a ton of talent to the position. He does, and he, he does a lot of playmaking on his own. Um, and I think with Preston, the thing that's going to be really different is how he distributes the ball to everybody uh, instead of, you know, Tanner Mordecai last year. And it was a little bit different. You know, they didn't have the uh, available guys at receiver to maybe spread it around, but Tanner Mordecai had to work through Rasheed Rice pretty much every play and, and see if there was a shot that he could make a play. This year, Preston Stone's going to be ha- able to – Hit the running backs. You know, Jalen Knighton is a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. He's got a tight end in R.J. Maryland who's a sophomore and uh, looks like he's going to be one of the, you know, honestly greats to have come through SMU at tight end. Then they've got, you know, seven receivers they feel good about. So it's going to be probably a little bit more balanced attack. And Preston Stone, even the way he plays a little bit, just with how he extends plays and runs around the field a little bit, He's kind of like a point guard, just kind of directing the offense, making a little flip pass, making a, a play here or there, and you're moving the chains, you're picking up yards. And then he does have that ability with some of the speed they've got at the outside receiver position to hit some big plays down the field. So um, he doesn't have to go out and win and really take over and be this uh, one-man show. He's got options, and as long as he works within those options, SMU should be one of the best teams in the country offensively. Uh, question marks. What are some of the question marks about this SMU team, whether it's offensively or defensively entering the season? Yeah, I think for me, you you do lose a guy in Rasheed Rice who's a Blitnikoff Award semifinalist last year, and he truly was a one-man show at times. I mean, some of the stuff that he did was pretty sick overall on the football field. And despite how much talent you have back, and if they're healthy, they're in good shape there, you need somebody to step up and be a bona fide number one receiver. That's something that has to happen for this offense, someone that can draw some pass interference penalties, somebody that can be a problem solver. If you don't know what else to do, you could throw it up to so-and-so. And I think Jordan Curley and Jake Bailey have opportunities to be that guy for SMU this year, but they've got to show it. They haven't been able to stay healthy over the last few years. Defensively, the linebacker unit is somewhat of a question mark. Ahmad Walker is coming in as a starter. He started for Scott Simons at Liberty as a true freshman, and after two years he's come to SMU to continue his career. He's going to be one of the starters, but he's also going to have um, you know, potential of four to five guys that are next to him vying for that other starting spot and playing time, and you just don't know how those new faces and um, how the chemistry is going to be between those two linebackers, you know, if they're nickel pretty much 90% of the time, how those guys are going to interact and, and play and feed off each other on the field. So that that position with two new starters is just a little bit more of a question mark in a way. 
Um, it's not necessarily something where you look at it and you say that's a glaring weakness. It's something where you got to see them put it together and, and produce. How do you see this one playing out on Saturday afternoon in Dallas? Yeah, I think the wild card here is it's, it is SMU's first game, and there are a lot of new faces. There's a lot of pressure on this team. There's buzz around the ACC expanding. There's a lot going on in Dallas right now, but this is a team that, for the most part, this offseason has seemed really focused. They've seemed like they've, they've, they're ready to take that next step and be a true conference championship contender. And to do that, you need to come out and, and control the pace of play from the get-go. And, you know, the Saturday night game for Louisiana Tech and FIU is a little ugly, but Louisiana Tech does have a game under its belt. It does have the opportunity to go back over mistakes and fix things. SMU is, is going to be breaking in a bunch of new players and trying to uh, find their footing in the season. And if they come out sharp, though, uh, and are able to control things early, SMU does have the talent. They shouldn't have to really mess around with Louisiana Tech, quite honestly, uh, just with where the two teams are. SMU coming off a bowl game, their first season with Brett Lashley and Louisiana Tech kind of still trying to make some waves to rebuild, and I think Sonny Cumbie will do a good job ultimately there. But um, I, I think SMU is just too deep, too talented. I, I see them taking care of business and winning. Great stuff, Billy. We appreciate you joining us tonight. If any of our listeners want to follow some of your coverage leading up to the game on Saturday, where can they find that at? Yeah, they can find us at OnThePonyExpress.com or on the Pony Express YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a lot of podcasts uh, to kind of get you ready uh, from what to, for what to expect uh, from SMU this, this weekend. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Billy Embody joining us discussing the SMU Mustangs. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. Uh, we'll get into this matchup between Louisiana Tech and SMU, obviously, uh, like Billy discussed, a lot of new faces on the SMU roster, not unlike Louisiana Tech. Uh, we'll see uh, maybe some of the spots that Tech can exploit uh, some of those new faces. And, you know, what kind of advantage does Louisiana Tech have uh, with a game under a spell? You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. Hey, DQ fans, the leaves are changing, and that only means one thing. The new fall blizzard treat menu's here. Dip it into the season with returning favorites like Snickerdoodle Cookie Dough, Pumpkin Pie, Oreo Hot Cocoa, Caramel Fudge Cheesecake, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Pie, and the Choco Dipped Strawberry. Or get your marshmallow on with the new Royal Reese's Flutter Nutter. That's seven crave-worthy treats, and they're only at participating DQ locations. We're happy it tastes good. As summer comes to a close, you may have a kid heading off to school. That's a great reason for a complete car checkup from Walpole Tire and Service. They'll diagnose check engine lights and service everything from brakes to shocks and suspensions. And if that car needs tires, you'll find big rebates on the largest selection of name brand tires, including Goodyear, Bridgestone, Firestone, Continental, and more. Walpole Tire and Service, Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're a part of a team. This is Anna R. Robertson with The Lady Texters. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LNB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. 
All the scores, all the plays, all the playmakers. We will rewind the week in high school football Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on the High School Football Rewind Show. This is Mark Kramer. Join me as we break down what happened in high school football Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for the High School Football Rewind on your home for sports in North Louisiana 97.7. Don't have time to keep up with Louisiana Tech sports the way you'd like to? No worries. Just listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Welcome back. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Haynes, John Tabor. Appreciate Billy Embody joining us, helping us preview the SMU Mustangs. Of course, you haven't checked your uh, pocket schedule lately. Uh, dogs and Stangs set for an 11 a.m. kickoff. On Saturday morning, that game will be on ESPNU. So it's not on regular ESPN, not on the deuce, not on the news, <laughs> but on the U. Uh, not the one you have to stream. Not on ESPN Plus. Mike can stream it, I don't know. ESPNU. ESPN okay. University. Gotcha. Uh, Cookie chimes in. Before you start coming on this week, I want to reiterate what I said yesterday to Fox. I know that we were down to our sixth or seventh running back. <clears throat> and I understand that. Yes, the defense gave up a 64-yard run. All in all, I was pleased that we won. However, please this week don't just run every second down. It was getting methodical, boring, and I was getting hot under the collar, screaming at the TV. Stop being vanilla. And my son was going, I thought this was football, Dad, not, not ice cream. Mm. Fair. You get tired of the old vanilla ice cream. Uh, I'm just saying. One more thing. Go Chiefs. Thanks, Cookie. Uh, let me ask you this. I and I hate to do this, but it's that time of year. you got to talk about the weather. It's supposed to be 104 in Dallas on Saturday. Like, can Tech having played a game... In that aspect of it, the conditioning aspect of it, can that have a huge factor? I, I think there's a chance that it can. Now, I'm probably grasping for strolls as Louisiana Tech's a three-touchdown hey, If dog. we have anything, it's we have a game under our belt. We probably are a little better. We're probably acclimated a little better. You'd think. Uh, that's a pretty new team over there. And there's a slight chance they don't take us incredibly seriously. All a recipe. You mix all that up. And if we get out there and punch them in the mouth. Hear me out. Crazy things could happen. You talk about them having a lot of new faces over there. And hear me out. If I'm an idiot, tell me I'm an idiot. All right? I'll tell you. I'm thinking out loud. SMU's added 25 transfers to the roster. Like I said, not that much different than Louisiana Tech. But a lot of these guys are, I think they got five or six kids from the U. Mm. They got a couple kids from TCU. You got a kid from Missouri. Hey, hey, I know where you're going with this. Are they still playing for the U, or are they playing for the we? You know what I'm saying? That's kind of the angle I'm taking. You got a kid from A&M. A lot of, a lot of Power 5 kids, and it's a lot of kids that played football at that Power 5 school. Now, it was 13 catches for 199 yards. It was 464 yards rushing. It was spot starter on the offensive line. It was started all 12 games in 2021, hurt in 2022, coming to SMU in 2023. A lot of guys that got their feet wet hmm. 
at an upper echelon program. I wonder, when you talk about cultivating a culture, is it possible that, like you said, a lot of these guys are like, no. Like, I took a step back to come be a dog here. Yeah. And it causes a little bit of the chemistry mm. to get thrown off, Kink at least in initially. Chemistry. Yeah, I'm with you. I am with like, you. Like, is that crazy? Whereas you look at text transfers, and like I said, I might be grasping at straws, but you look at text transfers, it's guys that haven't played. Hey, I was at SFA. I got a chip on my shoulder to prove that I can play at the FBS level. You kind of get what I'm saying? Like a different mindset in terms of the two transfers. And I also think there's, types. A, there's a potential here that, and I don't know what Cumbie's prep for these guys is like. I don't know the strategy. I'm not a head coach. You're not. I'm not. But is there a little bit like, hey, we, not we don't have nothing to lose, but just like, hey, let's play free. Let's sling it. Like, go be yourself. This is a team that's supposed to kill us. Go be yourselves. Go like that. I think that's got to be the angle more than trying to be perfect against a team that's a three touchdown favorite. Am I wrong? Like, no, I, I agree. But I, at the same time, you, I think you have to be methodical about that message. Oh, you got to work on, yeah, and you got to work on what you're like. You're trying to instill the habits that you want to have for the rest of the season. I get that. Yeah. And, 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 I, and if that team, if Tech gets off the bus in Dallas, wherever they are, is it Dallas? On Saturday and doesn't believe they can win the game, they're not going to win. They're the not going to win. No, I agree. You got to, there's got to be some. Well, that's way. what. Go back. No, I think go back to the FIU game. I think winning that game in the manner that you want it when they walk off that bus, if they're not believing they're going to win, I don't think you're going to you believe know, that you're going to win. If I'm the the film guy, I'm putting together the best freaking highlight of. FIU I can find over the last 10 years and you try to convince that team you beat a dog of a team. Yeah. Because they're awful. I get it. And we kind of we had our hands full with a team that was awful. Let me ask you this. Billy mentioned it a little bit. You know, SMU's playing their first game. Another thing at play here, Preston Stone. He'll make his second career start on Saturday afternoon. Started one game a season ago against Tulsa. Believe he was eleven of seventeen. Tulsa's not great, are they great? No, no. He was eleven of seventeen. I think he threw for like two hundred twenty-eight yards. So they didn't really give him the, the entire offense. Right. Like that was an SMU team. Like there were games they scored seventy-seven points a season. Like they throw the ball forty-five, fifty times a game. That's what Rhett Lashley wants to do. So yes, it's his second start, but it's like Billy said, he has to be the point guard of this offense. I wonder, first game of the year, new quarterback, a lot of new faces. You lose Rasheed Rice to the NFL. He was a second-round pick by the Chiefs. If it takes SMU a second to get going, I think that's Tech's best opportunity to jump out to an early lead. You force SMU to say, all right, we got to abandon the run, maybe more than we want to abandon the run. And then maybe you can mix up some of those exotic blitzes because P- Scott Power brought some heat on Saturday night against FIU. Granted, they couldn't throw the ball worth the crap, but they got some pressure on Grayson James. And you wonder if you could just get an early turnover, get an early sack fumble or strip strip sack. You know, some of those things to go your way to allow yourself, like you said, to have yourself believe in a little bit more. Hey, w- you know, we're we're going to be in this football game because. SMU does start. So I think it's inevitable. Beck, we watched all of Week Zero. Like, outside of Notre Dame, who clearly just outmanned Navy, every team across the country started slow. Yeah. I think back to a few years ago, and we had Austin Kendall. 
And uh, we should have beat Mississippi State in their house. Got the game-winning field goal blocked, made some really big mistakes late in the game. Like, this stuff happens the first game-ish of the season. Crazy things happen. Yep. There's no doubt. All right, let me ask you this. (sighs) Do you remember 2021? I do. Do you remember the Tech game versus SMU (laughs) at the Joe? I do. Yep, sure do. Do you remember how it finished? I do. Try to forget, but I do. Uh, A little Hail Mary. You know what ticks me off the most about that? Colby Cam comes back. The disrespect. I'm just kidding. What ticked me (laughs) off is after it was the luckiest play I've ever seen. And they have the audacity to say, well, we practiced that this week. We practiced that. Oh, you don't think they did? We practiced tipping the Hail Mary back 10 yards and letting the gunner come run up and catch it. No, you didn't practice nothing. You told the guys to have their head on a swivel, but you didn't practice that. You don't jump up, get your hands on a ball, and choose to bat it away rather than try to catch it. Another thing I'll ask you about that You practiced it. We're talking about practice. That was a 2.30 kick. That was a hot game, I believe. Um, But you talk about the similarities, and like – we just talked to Bill. There's 25 new transfers on this SMU roster. They probably had it 25 a season ago. There's probably like 10 players left from their team in 2021. Same goes for Tech. Like, who's left? Smoke, Kyle Maxwell, Deshaun Hall, Michael Clark. Like, there's not many. Like, maybe 15 guys. Tech was a 12-and-a-half-point underdog in that game at home. Mm. Vegas thought Tech was outmanned. I mean, that's a... Probably an 18, 19 point line if it's a home game, right? Yeah, 15, 16. But I mean, to your point, same thing in Mississippi State. I don't remember the line, yeah. but it was 20 something. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, and it's an early season game, I wonder if Vegas is a little bit off. Like, because, and we've talked about it the last couple of breaks, like 20 and a half point underdogs. Like, I'm not saying SMU's a bad team. I think Preston Stones were really good. 21 points is a hell of a lot of points. Yep. And I, it is a lot of points. And, hey, we and, said the same thing against Missouri last year, and they beat the absolute dog. Out oh, of I tech. know. That's the thing. With tech sports and tech football, I just we've just seen it. We've seen it all. We've played up to competition and should have won games and blown us away. We've gotten blown away by teams that we thought it was way too many points. We lost to teams without quarterbacks. You don't say. You don't know what to do. Truly, I don't know if any other fans in the country feel this way of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was wrong about this weekend. I knew we'd win. Yeah, I said 45-24. I teased down to six and a half, and we we won by six. Yeah. Five, whatever it was. It was close. You just don't know. All I can say is I don't think there's no chance. That's for sure. And but Will the just, People says, did I miss something with this line or your guest from Dallas? When did SMU become a Power 5 program? That's kind of what I think. Like, like, I, like I'm not saying well, SMU's is, not good, is but three we, touchdowns? Like, Vegas is saying wild. we struggle with FIU. I mean. Vegas also had us as 13-point favorites against FIU. Hey, we hit two more field goals, and it's not that far off. Fair? You're talking 11 points. I mean, it's not. Okay. I mean, I know you, things got to happen. Maybe we don't score that well, touchdown. Late, that kind of goes back to my point. It's like you missed two field goals. You threw a pick at the thirty. You had another fumble at the forty. Like we could have dropped forty. Like the game could have been a blowout. Like statistically, it was a bloodbath. Blow. If 
you look at the statistics and then you're shocked by the final score. Yeah, I, I think Gotek, please don't die. Like inserted those that box score into a some kind of computer system, and it was like Tech wins the game like ninety eight point seven percent of the time. Tech led for a minute. Yeah, like that crazy. was a statistical anomaly. Like they like and a lot of FIU people following the game are like, man, they, they let that one get away. Like, no, you got your tail whipped for three and a half quarters. Here's a question for you: You sitting down? If Tech wins on a Hail Mary on Saturday afternoon, what are you going to do? I'm going to go bet a million bucks on the dogs to win a natty. Really? Because it ain't happening. Wouldn't that be sweet, though? (laughs) No, that would be awesome. You know what? Actually, you know what I'd do? I'd come on the postgame show that you're not going to be at, and you know what I'd say? What? Tech practices that play. Yeah, I would, too. I'd be like, we knew we were going to win. We practiced all that. You think Sonny Dyke's going to be watching this game? Ooh, probably not. Yeah, he's getting ready to play Coach Prime. He probably won't. Oh, they start. That's right. They do start with Colorado. Yeah. So, huh? Louisiana Tech, SMU, 11 a.m. kickoff, Saturday morning from Dallas. Games on ESPNU. Catch the pregame show with our buddy Malcolm Butler, with our buddy Teddy Allen, starting up at 9.30 a.m., KXKZ 107.5. Following the game, why the Impact Healthcare Solutions, Louisiana Tech postgame call-in show. Beck's out, but BC's got Chase P., Chase Patterson from Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services coming in to join the program. Should be a great time. Let's go ahead. Let's take our next time out. We come back, Beck. I want to get into what are some of your key t- takeaways about this Tech team from Week Zero? Like, we love to overreact. Mm. Love to overreact to one game. Try to keep it in context. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're part of a team. This is Smoke Harris with the Bulldog. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LMB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Check out the Courtesy Automotive family with Courtesy Direct. Click it, pick it, then come get it. From our floor to your door, that's Courtesy Direct at buycourtesy.com. Shop 24-7 online or at two lots filled with seven of the leading brands. Chevy, GMC, Buick, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep Ram, and Jeep. The Courtesy Automotive family off I-20, exit 86, north and south of the interstate in Ruston. Oh, Courtesy, a great place to buy a car. It's bow time. Get fired up tonight because Bojangles has your family meal covered. Always scratch made, always by hand. Not in a microwave oven, but an oven oven. Biscuits baked 49 steps fluffy, chicken marinated 12 hours bold, and more fresh made fixings to choose from. We've got the cooking tonight so you can enjoy more time with your family and more home cooking for your money. Order your family meal on the app tonight. It's bow time. Bojangles is now offering bone-in chicken on Louisville Avenue in Monroe and Farwell Highway in Ruston. Hey, Tech fans, do you have a young Bulldog fan, 8th grade or under? 
Well, the Champs Kids Club, sponsored by Super One Foods, is perfect for you and your little bulldog fans. It includes free admission to all tech home regular season games, special Champs Kids Club only invites, and much, much more. Champs Kid Club memberships are on sale now. Call 318-257-3631 or go to latexsports.com backslash tickets. Bark away, bulldog fans. It's almost go time at the Joe. How about them dogs? Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubach Rustin Monroe 97.7. You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. BC Beckett, John Taylor, Sports Talk 97.7. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio. You can get us on the hotline or the text line, 888-993-7762. Love to hear your thoughts, your takeaways from Louisiana Tech's Week Zero win over FIU. All right, Beck, I can't quit talking about Hank Bachmeyer. So, you know, we mentioned in the open, Hank Bachmeyer's a captain. It's huge. Mm. Uh, some of the little things that he did as a leader throughout the game that don't show up in a stat sheet, on a box score. I also want to mention this one. We mentioned the INT, he makes the tackle. Mm. We mentioned the fourth and five conversion to Cyrus Big Allen. Big time throw. If that doesn't happen, we lose the game. Huge throw. I want to mention, not the game-winning touchdown drive, mm. the drive before that. Tech drove down, missed the field goal. Yep. Tech was at around midfield, maybe their own 45-yard line. You're going to remember it. Hank was audibling at the line of scrimmage. Yes. Play clock was getting low. Like, we could hear it in the stands. Like, fans were like, snap it, snap it. Come because the timeout. We could, wait, time out. We could hear it in the stands because everybody left. Go ahead. Come because the timeout. He didn't want to delay a game right there in that moment. Immediately, Hank looks at the sideline and starts patting his chest to come be like, I got it. Like, I got it. And when you talk about a quarterback-coach relationship, I think that was huge in the growth in Cumbie's probable trust for him because he's like, you know what? Next time that arises, in a late game, in a tight game where you need a score to win... He can trust his veteran quarterback. And that's a guy making his 30th career start. Like, he knew what was going on. Yeah. Hey, listen, this is the first game he's played at the Joe. He could very easily not understand where the play clock's hey, at. It's not a flag until that cl- a second after that clock hits zero. So, for Cumbie, I mean, Hank's saying, hey, I, just for him to say, hey, I'm not not mad you called timeout, but just so you know, I know. I got it. I got it. I'm watching it. I have it under control. And here's the – I think I want fans to know this about Hank. He – you made the comment, man, he can stand in the pocket. He Very can stand calm in the, the pocket. pocket. Like He scrambled way less than I thought he would. He's got decent legs. I thought we'd see him out and about, okay? I just did. Yeah. And he stayed in. He took a shot or two. I mean, he was making throws with very little room. Um, and, and those quick little slant throws, getting him over the offensive lineman's head, I was very impressed. But I want fans to know this about him. We talked to some people on the sideline, like, hey, the, the boy's ready. And two of them said, Hank's fired up. Yeah. Hank's in the locker room fired so up. So it was the most vocal they had heard him since he got here. And the guys love him. They love him. And, and like And but you don't I mean you saw a little you saw him talking to the guys on the sideline, but I want fans to know he's like that in the locker room. Like he's a dog. Like I, I think he's a guy that like he's taking control of the football team. Like 
He's gotten to the season. He's a captain. He's like, all right, it's go time. And, like, I just think that, you know, especially home games, when you're able to see guys on the sideline, some of those subtleties. We were down there. He came off the field. I believe it was after the first drive. He missed a slant to True Edwards, and he's like, that's on me. Like, I I missed the slant. Like, yeah, it hit off Edwards' hands. It was a little behind him, but he's like, no, I'll take it. Like, that's fine. Because, you know what, he knew he was going to need True Edwards later in the game. And think about the guys, the smokes of that team that have been here six, seven years. They haven't you know? heard that. Well, that and think about how many quarterbacks they've gone through, and yeah. they they have not. They and t- t- for the guys like Smoke and some of those other older guys to be like, man, they know it's been nineteen games since they've not come back. They do. They feel that. So that's why there's a lot of just, doubt in that locker room. You and I have talked at length about how important a win like that was. It and it wasn't as pretty as I would have liked it to be, but man, it was it was okay, important. That, that's where I want to go next. You, you talk about the game. It wasn't pretty. Like, I don't think anybody would tell you it was pretty. Now, well, Tech fan's not satisfied unless you, you 60 to nothing. keep them under 10 points and you and you throw up a 50-burger. We ain't satisfied. I agree. Because but, back 10 years ago, we did that for a year and a half, and we just can't let it go. I agree. But with the ugly nature of that game, the offense sputtering at the 30, seemingly every possession, Couple of missed field goals. Defense gives up a big run. Some of that ugliness. Do you chalk it up to first game of the season? Do you chalk it up to, hey, only way this team gets to seven wins is the schedule sucks. Like, I think part of me, I want to sit here and say, all right, it's week zero. It's first game of the season. It's a new quarterback. A lot of new faces at different spots offensively and defensively. You're playing with your fourth, fifth, sixth string running back. Smoke cramp for probably seven, eight minutes of game time. Defensively, you lost to Marcus Griffin Taylor early. You know, like you want to chalk it up to week zero, but I can't decide if I'm like, man, like, you know, if Smoke missed a game, like, yeah. I, I am, like, I'll be honest, I'm sitting here like, yep. where's the playmaking come from? Yeah, I also want to know, I'm again, not a coach, I want to know, going down 14-0 in the first quarter, like, I, I want to know if that changes your game plan. Like, did that, playing from behind to. the whole game, do you not take certain risks because you really can't afford another turnover right here? It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you don't know that. We've had text historically started this way a couple of times when you just get punched right in, right in the mouth early and yeah. there was a game or two last year where it's like I think we win that game if we don't if we don't give it up that quickly early. that early and so yeah you just don't know and well, you're right smoke was out thornton went down with the uh ankle. ankle early like and he was dominating i mean yeah there's but that's in the past those things have derailed us and kept us from winning games that's and, the point. and this game it didn't well and i think too to take it a step further i i think that you know, like Quint called in and said earlier, you know, and we looked at each other and were like, man, this feels kind of boring offensively. Like, it, this feels like, you know, especially before the late missed field goal, the next to last drive, it's like, why do you not put it in the hands of your fifth-year quarterback making his 30th career start? I, I think that's a valid thought. I think if you could go back on it, I think Sonny Cumbie would probably tell you the same thing. At the same time, we don't know some of the intricacies when it comes to pass protection, do you trust a running back that's a young, true freshman, that's a former walk-on playing in his first extended action? Do you trust him to pick up the linebacker on third and six? Or is there a spot in practice that Sonny Cumbie said the game's on the line, he had one of those guys in the backfield, 
and they missed the block on the linebacker. Like, we don't know if that happened in practice. And so at that moment, he's like, you know what? It's third and six. I'm in field goal range. I want to hand it off because I trust my kicker. Like, there's a lot of different things that go into some of these play calls. And yes, I wanted to be more aggressive. Yes, I wanted to attack the field vertically with Cyrus Allen. But at the same time, Sonny Cummings might have said, you know what? We don't need to. If we can live We're to see another day, this game. we don't need to. I get another week to teach some of these yeah. running backs blitz pickups. And maybe the Cumbia last year would have tried to do that. Like, and he might he, would have. And he, it might would have lost the game. He's growing. That, call, say what you want. I was surprised at, the, at actually the amount of people that had not like horribly negative things to say, but were like unsatisfied. I'm like, listen, like, no game is perfect, but man, like, this, these things have plagued us the last few years, and we finally overcame a few of them. And I, to your point about, like, again, I'll just mention the penalties again. It's like, it's it game. was every single game the last few years. And I don't, like, I hardly remember seeing a flag. I hate to be this guy, but, like, that's what holds me back, though, right now. Like, you talk about the fans that, like, weren't horribly negative, but they were like, man, that was ugly. Like, right now, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yes, like, this team's going to get better. Like, yes, this team has a chance. They got a veteran quarterback. The defense is massively improved. But the thing I can't get out of my head was like, man, there were points in that game where I was like, golly, this is ugly. Golly, how do you fumble the ball? Golly, how do you throw that pick? Golly, you had a big hole off the left side and you were tackled for a gain of two. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, like, that's kind of what leaves me to where I don't really have an opinion. Oh, it's still early. We're just overreacting here. And, like, yeah, we picked 7-5, and five, but, like, part of me in the back of my mind is like, man, I watched Jacksonville State on Saturday, and, like, those dudes are flying all over the field. Granted, they only scored 17 points, but that's going to be a heck of a tough road game. Yep, it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, It weirdly could be a season where, like, almost, aside from one or two games, are, are pretty up. close. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's kind of the feel that I got, and I, I think a lot of Tech fans came into the year, and, like, I bagged on these fans, like, Oh, this conference is terrible. Like, you better count your chickens before they hatch. I know it's happened, but it did seem like it's been a long time since we've just had a close game that we've that we've won. Yeah. I mean, if we're not coming back, then you know that's not going to. You're not winning a lot. You're going to win a lot of games, you know. But I mean, we had a couple of double overtime losses and stuff. But I mean, that was an exciting. I mean, from that point of view, like I was tired as heck the whole game and. I will mention. I will. We'll we'll talk about it. I mean, I will whine about the TV timeouts. I, guess, I guess there's just absolutely nothing you can do. Listen, that Here's was downright the, embarrassing for CBS it, Network. Oh, and I don't know if it's because they they that poor poor little man out there that has to carry that sign that tells you how long the break is. I don't know if psychologically that's increasing the frustration, but I can't tell you how many times fifteen, twelve, thirty-two times he jogs out there with a three on the on this little timer. You're three hot. minutes. I'm just like, what am I doing? What are we doing? All right, here we go. I got it for you, stat guy. Uh, last year, three wins. 35-point win over Stephen F. Austin. 16-point win over Middle Tennessee. And you won by 10 over UTEP. So every win was double digits. Go back to 2021. Blowout, or three-point win over Southeastern, which that was a game Tech gave up like 600 yards to Southeastern. A uh, 10-point win over Charlotte and a 7-point win over North Texas. I believe that was the Aaron Allen-J.D. Head game. Yeah. I don't know if that was a... Uh... I mean, a lot of close losses. We got a few of those. Oh, I think that year they lost six or seven games by, by like one less, score. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Uh, twenty twenty. Let's see, close games in twenty twenty. I think you had to squeak out a sixty six thirty eight win over Houston Baptist. You beat UTEP by four. You beat UAB double overtime. I guess it. That was exciting. I'll yeah, give you it, that. it feels like I guess that you're not winning those close games as much, and maybe that's because a lot of those games are toss up games. But I also think this twenty twenty three roster is vastly different from a personnel standpoint than any of these. You know, like I said, Smoke, Deshaun Hall, a lot of these guys weren't around. And and the other reality of Tech football is we have a lot of bad losses and a lot of one, two, five point losses, whatever. And yeah. it's and it's you guys know that. I mean, one play goes differently, and, and that's a different season. And yeah. Tech just hasn't been able to get over the hump of winning some of those games. Yeah. So, I, in that sense, that's a frustrating thing as a fan to go through. But I'm also glad we're not losing by thirty. You know, on yeah. most of those. And so. It's not that far off that Tech can be successful and win seven, eight games. And that's what we're hoping. And I think Hank's going to get better. I think this team's going to get better unless we have debilitating injuries. But, And I think we saw it last year. I mean, the quarterback situation was weird, but we were getting better every week until the quarterback situation got, which we threw a true freshman out We got out better there. defensively. No, defensively was a totally different story. I'll give you that. All right. That Let's go ahead and take our final time out. We come back. We'll make our picks. Listen to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7. As summer comes to a close, you may have a kid heading off to school. That's a great reason for a complete car checkup from Walpole Tire and Service. They'll diagnose check engine lights and service everything from brakes to shocks and suspensions. And if that car needs tires, you'll find big rebates on the largest selection of name brand tires, including Goodyear, Bridgestone, Firestone, Continental, and more. Walpole Tire and Service, Ruston and West Monroe. Visit WalpoleTire.com. At Louisiana National Bank, you're more than just a number. You're a part of a team. This is Anna R. Robertson with The Lady Texters. Louisiana National Bank is committed to making every interaction with its customers and communities an experience that's noticeably different and more exceptional than any they've ever encountered. If you're looking for a teammate to help you achieve your financial dreams, come see one of LNB's Uncommon Bankers or visit online at ln.bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Every day is game day at the dugout in Ruston. Warm up with our bases loaded nachos and fried pickles. Make the call to the bullpen for that home run chili cheeseburger combo. And our chicken wings and chicken strips, well, they'll make you feel like an all-star. And you have to try our new Texas tacos. Plus, the dugout has the best frozen daiquiris in town. That's the dugout 2008 Champions Way in Ruston at the Ruston Sports Complex. Hey, Louisiana. I'm Joshua G. Hollins, Executive Director of the Louisiana Housing Corporation. Hot days mean high bills, but guess what? Our weatherization assistance program is here for you. We'll upgrade your home from air ceiling to HVAC. And the best part, we cover the bill. Join thousands of Louisiana homeowners at lhc.la.gov forward slash weatherization and beat the heat. This message is sponsored by the Louisiana Housing Corporation. Want to find stuff out about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio. Brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. 
final segment of the show as we wrap it up on this beautiful Tuesday night. Beck Haynes, I got a question for you. Go for it. All right, you want to know what all coverage we have at LeadTakeBlue.com this week? You got a busy week. Tell me all about it. All right, we got the three, two, one. Three things you learned this past week. Two questions going forward. One prediction for next week. That came out yesterday. Mm. Today, we got the stat attack. Nathan Ruppel, Go Tech, Please Don't Die, breaks down the SMU offense versus the Tech defense. We also covered the weekly press conference. Ooh. We also got the Bleed Tech Blue radio podcast coming out immediately following the show. Tomorrow, know the opponent. Caught up with Billy Embody off the air. Get to know this SMU roster. I'll also be on Sports Talk 97.7, 7.15 a.m. to give an update on the dogs. Thursday, we'll make our score predictions. We'll scout SMU quarterback Preston Stone. Sonny Cumbie, live at the doghouse, inside Tech Football, 11.30 a.m., Sports Talk 97.7. We'll also have a game week practice report. Friday, Evan Spencer, Go Tech, Please Don't Die, gives his three keys to victory. Caleb Bordell provides his game preview. Saturday, got our game thread, live in-game chat. We had over 800 comments, Tech FIU. 600 of them were negative. Probably. We'll have our game recap. We'll also have the post-game show with our sister station, Z107.5. Sunday, snap count totals. Oh, why do you care about the snap count totals? It's interesting to see. Tech played four (laughs) true freshmen this past weekend. Uh, Keith Willis, Jacob Fields obviously at running back. Michael Richard, true freshman, Edna Carr, provided snaps at nickel when Demarcus Griffin-Taylor came out, and then Eli Finley played some on special teams. We'll also have our pro football focus player grades. So a ton of coverage, bleedtechblue.com, just nine ninety five a month. All right, let's get into this game. Let's make our picks. You two boys, I've just been hearing y'all show. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if y'all picked 63 to 10. Oh, wait, that was me. I said I might do it. Kind of shied away up from it over the last few minutes because I'm a massive homer. So, SMU, favored by 20 and a half. Hmm. Over under set at sixty five and a half. I want to ask you point blank. A lot of unders hit over the weekend. Yeah, they did. Uh, yes, I saw they that did. the total number of plays in a game were down eight compared to last year. Obviously, a small set of data with only seven games being played. But I think yeah, I think the over might be the play across college football this week. I'm not necessarily saying this game, but in general. You want my prediction? First of all, I don't like to give you props that much, but you do put out a lot for the game. Ton of coverage. We Ton appreciate of it. Ton of content. For the average fan, it's what I need. If I decide to read it, it will educate me. I'll be honest. I thought it was interesting that you wanted to hop on the press conference today. You know what your boy Carson Bruno said today? What? You'll it's love about this. About time he gets back in the program. Said he takes pride being from Shreveport. Mm. Takes pride being from the state of Louisiana. Mm. Takes pride wearing his tech colors around. Mm. That he loves this place. That's my kind of guy. That's the guy you want front and center on the line. Starting right tackle, make his 14th career start Saturday afternoon. All right, my prediction. All right, let's hear it, Tapes. You're up next, so be ready. I'm, yeah, you're going to add and subtract three points to whatever I say. I don't want to disrespect cop, Scott Power in the defense, but I am nervous. My heart says high 40s for SMU, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe a little bit. I'm going to go 42-24. All right. SMU. All right. Fair enough. Tapes, what you got? 
I'm thinking a little, little less points than that. Beck went right over the over. He picked 66 points. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking mm, 38-20 SMU. Mm. All right, listen. I mentioned the 3-2-1. I make one prediction for next week. My prediction was this. 450-plus total yards, 30-plus points for Louisiana Tech. Hmm. It's a little closer than Vegas thinks. SMU, 42. Okay. Late touchdown gets them to 42. Okay. Tech, 31. Okay. I don't think it's... If we... if. I'm not even going to say it. No, I not. sound like I'm not such... Saying it. No, I'm saying it. I sound like a massive loser. But play a good, clean football game. Like, that, that's what I want to see. If you come out on the wrong end of the scoreboard, so be it. Propel some optimism into me heading into Northwestern State and North Texas. Because you got the next two at home. You got a golden opportunity mm. to start three and one. You sure do. But hey, hey. Shock, shock the world. Why not? Shock them. If if Tech wins this football game, I'll be like the expectations will go oh, through the roof. I'm ten and to, two. I'm ten and two. If we're they gonna win have this four game. shows in a row next week. It might be at midnight. We'll be there. We'll be there. Been a fun show tonight. I want to thank John Tabor. Tremendous job running the board as always. For Beck Haynes, I'm BC. Thanks for listening. We'll see ya. Thanks for listening to the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. Brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host Ben Carlisle on the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7. Because he might still resign. He might re- resign next summer. If they win a championship or get close, he might resign with you. Sean in Sacramento, you're on the odd couple Fox Sports Radio. What up, Sean? Yo, Michael, from another mother, my brother's behind the board. Look, man, I was waiting for y'all to get back into form, man. It's been extra spicy today. Y'all done dumped all the hot sauce on this uh, today's episode, man. Nah, it no is what it is. That. Hey, you know, like Sean, uh, like, like, it's got to be have some passion. Otherwise, why are we doing it? Seriously. And we love it, man. That's why y'all the best radio show on the network. But we're, for this take, man, what what I got to say to this, man, is I agree with Rob to a certain extent. They've signed this man's brother. They've brought him back some, most of the stars from that championship season, and they've allowed him to become the star that he needed to be through building around Giannis. They, so did, they just re-signed to, Middleton and, 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 and Lopez. They just re-signed right. them. They bent over backward. I mean, they signed his own brother who was, who was barely a D-League player. So for him to kind of put that out there, like they're not all pushing the same Sean, direction. why trade him now, though? He can't go so, anywhere. Uh, 
that's why I take a little pause. I would try to work with them. Like, what is it that you're, you're after? You know what I mean? As an organization, we've listened to you. We've done everything in our power to make things work. Yeah, they fire Coach Bud, but Coach Bud can only take you so far. Word to Atlanta. So I see where he could have a little hurt feelings to the last caller's point. But at the same time, you as an organization got to have some pride. If he's still unhappy after all the moves that you've made to help, to help him be where he's at, you got to let that man go and get but as sure. much value as you can before it's too late. Right, and Sean, here's my point on why the biggest trade you can make and is when people don't even know he's being shopped and way like like would be a shocker. Like right. somebody would be like, yo, we'll give you this and that. Like once it's out there and then the, the season plays on, like Chris says, hey, huh? and it, oh, he's unhappy there. We could hold How out. You know, we could force How our way. Gone? Like that. that's when – you have, Chris, once the season starts, you have no power once the word gets out that he's unhappy. If you do it now, you are, you're have the upper hand. Because people are like, wait a minute, he's available? Oh, wait a minute. What, what do we need to do? That's all I'm Dead saying. On. Dead on. All right. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate you. Chris, does that make sense? Or no, that doesn't make no, sense. No, look, I, I, there's some logic to what you're saying for sure. Because, again, all you got to do is look at Damian Lillard. Right. They got stuck. several years left on this deal, right? right? And he's limiting now, Rob, in, they don't have to do it, right? They I mean, you need to trade him just cuz it'll be awkward and you're going young. But I mean, they could send him somewhere else if no, they, they want, if somebody'll take him, but Giannis, I like I said, I would try to maximize it and get another ring. Adrian in Riverside, California, you're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What up, Adrian? Hey, what's up, gentlemen? Thank you for taking my call. Love the show. Thank, Thank you, buddy. You. Uh, real quick, uh, Chris, wanted to, uh, I know you mentioned something about losing a family member. Wanted to send my condolences and prayers to you, brother. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. My cousin Brian, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you absolutely trade him, man. In a couple of years, you're talking about a successor to LeBron in L.A.? Stop it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, trade much, him now. We both were saying we would trade him at Adrian, some point. Adrian, would you? Would, if the you could get a good deal, now. I would do it now. Because he got two years left on his deal, Adrian, where he can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Angels fan, and I kind of wish that they would have dealt Otani just yep. all you would have got. Yeah, we but, were you know, saying you could, that. You we both really of us said him. that, yeah. Adrian. Both of us said that, and because you remember, they won those seven games before. The trade deadline, they were like, oh, look at what they're doing right. with no trout. And we were like, dude, you're going to be left holding the bag. And that's where yep. the Angels are now. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for taking my call, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. It is the Odd Couple, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Baseball Justice with two-time World Series champion David Justice is coming up. And quickly, Rob, speaking of baseball, before we go to Kevin Wyatt for the update, um, what were your, we talked a lot about Otani last week. Obviously you were out when he got hurt. And, um, do you, the question we, we bounced around was, I mean, there were several angles obviously, but should he pitch again? There were really two that was there was that one. And then the second one was, do you think his injury will deter, you know, we've wondered, Will other players be two-way players? At least a few guys coming up in the ranks. Do you think the injury would deter baseball from allowing guys, you know what I mean, to, nah, to play No, I think players? if somebody was that talented, they would give them the opportunity. Everybody's different. You know, like Jacob DeGrom can't stay healthy, but other pitchers, 
have been able to pitch and have, you know, 15, 18-year careers. Right. So it's I not, don't think you can blame this on Otani going both ways. No, that's just you an know? arm injury. It has right. nothing to do with just hitting. Uh, and guys used to hit, Chris, before the DH was around and hit all the time. Right. You know, during a, when Bob right. Gibson was 24, was, whoa, just forgot his record. Gooden was 24 and 4. But when Bob Gibson had that incredible year, I just forgot his record, uh, Chris, he hit. In the American hitting. League, there was no DH. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. so, so hitting isn't the reason why. And maybe Otani, I said this on MLB Network, maybe he needs to do what Babe Ruth did, Chris, and just become an everyday hitter, play let play right field, and and be Babe Ruth did it, and uh, right. did not hurt him from being an all time great. You know, by giving up pitching, and just decide because this is the second time he's having a. a he can be he he and Judge. I mean, Mookie is doing his thing. But he and Judge are really probably arguably the best hitters in the, in baseball. That's right what now. I'm saying. So so he could just do that. And I don't want him to be a DH. You're detached from the game. Play right field. You know, be be right. in the action. Like DHs for whatever reason, they don't have the same feel for it, Chris. When you just get up for four at bats, you're not a part of the game. What about a, a reliever or uh, you could always do that closer. I mean, it's not the same as being a – it's still impressive, but you know what I mean? It's not the same as being a You would limit pitcher. it, and if you could be, do, you know, a closer, if he only pitches the ninth inning and only has to get three outs a night, and you do that 40 times a year, Chris, and he's good at it, right. that's valuable. I'd rather got, that – I think that's more valuable. I mean, not that middle relief isn't valuable, no, but, but a you closer. Know, a closer, yeah. and if he can pitch like he does and he's lights out, like right. – like, no, nah, that's that's, that's something to think about. But obviously, he's not getting that seven hundred million. Yeah, he's still going to get a lot. It's going to be five hundred. Right. Somebody's going to pay. He'll probably be the highest paid player. Yeah, somebody's going to pay he him. Should. Right. right. All right. So we'll talk about uh, baseball with our man, baseball justice David Justice. But first. Kevin Wire with the update. Kevin Kev. Yeah, we got some baseball news today. The Angels, uh, just a month ago, it was the beginning of this month, it seemed like they were trying to go all in and win a championship while they have